podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Welcome, everybody. This is the latest edition of the Live Bird podcast. Um, we're doing a little bit of a pre-season special. We're only a couple of weeks now before the season actually kicks off, but there's still a lot of stuff going on for Liverpool, um, both in terms of transfers, in terms of pre-season, um, and just general activity. So I'm delighted to say that I have my regular contributors of Randy and Amy Kate with me, but we also have a special guest appearance of our good friend Kim, who's joining us to give us another outlook across all things LFC. So welcome along, ladies. I hope you're all well. Doing good. Good to be back. It's great. Hi. <laughs> Hi, uh... Hi, everyone. <laughs> A little delay there. <laughs> uh, it's it's fab to have you all back and start talking all things LFC. So um, let us kick off. So uh, a few weeks ago, we got sight of the fixture list um, for the new season. And obviously, we have uh, quite an interesting start to the season, not least because we had asked for our first um, game to be played away for the proposed uh, uh, finishing of the work on the new Annie Road uh, stadium. Um, so this is this is kind of breaking news that has happened over the last week, but um, if I start with you, Amy Kate, um, in terms of our, in terms of looking at our first few games, um, you know, starting off with Chelsea away, um, and then home to Bournemouth, um, and then you know, obviously the the other games coming in. What what was your initial view looking at that um, fixture list for the sort of first? you know, three, four weeks of the season. You know, I just kind of looked at it and thought, wow, that's, we're, we're starting, we're, you know, we're coming out strong with, you know, playing Chelsea. We don't know how they're going to come out of the gate, but um, yeah, uh, go big or go home. I mean, <laughs> what can I say? Um, we're, we're definitely starting it with a, a, a good few tough teams. Newcastle has definitely shown that they're a contender since last year. So it's going to be a tough start for us, but, you know, I think, um, you know, it, just watching all the, the preseasons and listening to Klopp and kind of the things that are going on, I, I, I think we're going to be prepared and um, I'm hopeful. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because we have, you know, the, the, the Chelsea we saw last season wasn't really the Chelsea that we expected, much like the Liverpool we saw last season wasn't the Liverpool we expected. Right. So, 
it's it's one of those things where you're not quite sure exactly what you're going to get. Um, but to sort of play Newcastle, you know, before the end of August, who obviously, you know, finished in the Champions League places at the end of last season um, and are, you know, you know, looking on strengthening their squad. Um, Randy, what? Where do, where do you see us after those kind of first first three games, Chelsea, Bournemouth, and Newcastle? Ah, oh, well, it is as you said. It's really difficult to predict anything because, like last season, we thought we were going to be in the top end, and it was. Uh, I don't know. I mean, look at Chelsea. I mean, they must be better than they were. Uh, and I think our last match last year, last season, was uh, very disappointing on both teams' behalf, I would say. Um, so I think we are going to be much better. If you're looking at the last game we did today, actually, uh, I think the first half we looked like... Uh, yeah, top four team. Uh, and if you add the new signings getting uh, in there and more more um, safe and secure and the contributing more, it's. It, I think we're going to be fine. I think we're going to be maybe toe-to-toe with Chelsea in the first one and then Bournemouth, we, we, it must be a win. And Newcastle, you know, that's the scary bit, I think. I don't know, how, how, how have they um, uh, strengthened? <laughs> who did they buy? Well, you know, they got loads of money, but I haven't really seen a lot of buys. Have you? Um, so they have. They have bought. They have bought a couple of players. I think. I think for me, and maybe we'll touch on it later in um, in this podcast, is um, uh, more about about some of their departures. Yeah. The, the most striking of which is Alan San Maximan who apparently is going to Saudi Arabia. Um, you but, know, they're, for, but they're apparently going to loan him back. And that's the most yes. interesting thing, because this is what's going to happen going forward now. I mean, we don't we don't know what's going to happen because the Saudis are doing all sorts of tricks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this, this is the point I was sort of going to come on to, which is, you know... Uh, I don't know whether it's in the rules, you know, the, the, you know, Eddie Howe sort of says, you know, I'm sure, you know, this arrangement will, you know, satisfy all the requirements of the Premier League. But, you know, it it doesn't feel like it's in the spirit, maybe, of financial fair play, even if it's sort of, it might technically be within the rules. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Kim, I know it's hard to sort of work out how, we think we might perform in the first few uh, sort of games of the of the season. Have you seen any of the preseason games thus far? I've not seen them live because we don't have any access to them over here. The first one I'll see live will be the Bayern Munich games, but I've obviously watched them back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still a bit scared about our defence. Yeah. Um, I think our forwards, our youngsters, they're solid. They're doing well. I think um, Soboslai is, is coming very well. Uh, McAllister seems to be doing well. But defending-wise, I'm still a bit scared from what I've seen so far. And I know they need confidence. I need to get it back because last season, obviously, has not done well on... On, on, on how they feel about their own performances. 
So they need their confidence back. And once they'll get it, then I think we'll start working as a team. We'll start playing as a team and then we'll go upwards from then on. Yeah, I mean, if you, it, you know, if we look at our centre-back pairings currently, you know, we have, we've got Van Dijk, Canate, Gomez and Matip. So on paper, you, you know, you look at that and you say, you know, if they can play the way we know that they can play, there should be more than enough in those centre-back pairings. Um you know, Robertson, you know, by his own admission, certainly the first half of last season, had a stinker. Um, you know, Alexander-Arnold didn't start brilliantly. Um, you know, Ramsey, who we suppose, you know, we bought as a as a potentially long, you know, longer term replacement. Potentially, we obviously never saw anything of him. Um, so, you know, in terms of his recovery from injury, don't know, um, you know, what we'll say, what we'll see you know, in terms of this season. And we have Simakas, who, you know, I I think is a pretty solid, you know, um, second string left back for us. But, you know, you mentioned Slobazai. Um, we obviously also have McAllister, um, who has come in as well in terms of uh, two new um, midfield signings. Um, but, we knew that we were losing, you know, a number of players at the end of last season. So we obviously said goodbye to Bobby, to Milner, to Oxlade Chamberson, to Naby Keita. Um, but since then, uh, fairly unexpected, I would say, we've also lost Henderson and look very likely that Fabinho will follow him um, to the Saudi League. So, um Randy, what what are your thoughts on on you know the additional exodus from from our midfield? Um, do you mean people leaving? I do. Yeah, I yeah. do. I'm specifically talking about Henderson <laughs> and Fabinho now. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, well, I think Hendo must have been told by Klopp when he came back with his lovely six pack. Uh, that, uh, sorry, mate, you're looking good, but I think you're going to be our new Milner now. And he hasn't taken that <laughs> kindly at all. So he must have felt, okay, I'm out then. So all that, I think we're not losing that much, although, of course, we're losing a hell of a guy behind the scenes and, you know, all the tradition and everything. But as the guys themselves have said, well, well now others need to step up. And if you look at it, we've got so many captains in our team. We've got so many mature and um, and also young but experienced players that need to step up. So maybe it's a good thing. I'm not really that sad about that. But maybe the most scary bit is that uh, Fab is leaving because he was obviously meant to be another season to sort of bed in a new number six mm-hmm. that we haven't got, that we haven't really sort of put down uh, yet. I haven't seen that, at least. I mean, I've seen all these young guys in and out of that position with Trent and uh, double pivots and stuff like that. So I think that's the most scary bit. So I I really, really hope that we get, that we buy um, 
number six, and we also need to buy a centre-back and maybe some win-backs, if you ask me, because one little injury to Trent or Robbo, I mean, pooh, was, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit scared about the defence as well, as Kim said, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Kim, so the you know, you said you're a bit scared about the defence. The, the, it seems to be that um, your countryman, Mr., uh, Mr. Van Dyke, will be our new captain. Um, do you think that will help or hinder him uh, in terms of his performances this season? I think it, it can help him a lot because he will actually take the lead for all the players um, instead of just taking the lead for the defence. So he will have, um, he will think that he, he um, can step up towards others as well and not getting into Hendo's way, what sometimes happens on the field. Um so I think it's a good thing. I, I think defense-wise, we're actually going to change our system and we might go to 3-4-3 three, three, um, with Trent uh, playing midfield. Um, and I was shocked for Fabinho as well to leave because uh, Milner is gone and they were the t- two players that could actually play absolutely everywhere on the field. <laughs> so you'd always have them as backup. Fabinho and uh, Milner, and now they're both gone. So we need someone who can be absolutely anywhere, anytime we need it. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think we've lost some versatility there because, you know, you could have Milner at right back, you could have Fab at centre back, you know, you could obviously have them playing across, you know, different, different midfield positions as well. Um, there's lots of you know, rumours about, you know, supposedly we've gone back in for Lavia at, at Southampton. And I appreciate this is all sort of speculation. We don't know definitively yet on that. Um, you know, there's also been, um, and I think you you mentioned it, Randy, about, you know, other, other players need to step up. So, Amy, Kate, you know, we, we've talked about, um, you know, a lot of the players that have gone, you know, particularly across our midfield. We haven't talked about some of the players that we have that we think potentially could fill some of those gaps. I appreciate that Bacetic, you know, obviously had the injury the back Mm. end of last season. We've got Curtis Jones, got Harvey Elliott that could potentially play as an attacking midfielder. Um, You know, we have McAllister, we have Slobazai, you know, Randy talked about maybe wing backs and a, a you know another centre back. Um, is there? Would you agree with that? Are there other slots you think we should be looking to fill as a matter of urgency? And and to my point around you know some of our existing players, who would you like to see get more game time this season? Um, that was a lot. <laughs> I think, Sorry. I think I'm, I no, no, it's okay. I got it. Um, I, I think that, you know, everybody's input that's already been in, I, I agree with. I think that, you know, there's a lot of players need to step up that are now going to get an opportunity. Well, there's players need to step up. There's players that are going to get opportunities. Um, it is a big blow to lose a lot of these players. Um, you know, Milner, for me, I'm heartbroken. Even though he's an older player and he didn't play full time, it was what he brought overall for me. Um, you know, to lose Henderson, um, that's a huge blow. Again, 
Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. His legs aren't what they once were. Um, and we ha- I think hopefully we have some good replacements. Uh, Fabinho was a bit of a surprise, even though that was one of the first ones talked about. The fact that he's actually wanting to go is, you know, but... Um, seeing Trent, even though today he did not, he put, he played back in the defense um, on the uh, preseason tour in Singapore, but I can see him, you know, moving more into the midfield. Um, but I think really we, we need to just, it, the, the people need to, to step up. Um, and I think we need some, um, a deeper bench because we just lost a lot of players that were, very um, intricate in our overall um, team. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see Curtis play some more, um, give Elliot some more um, playing time. I still think he's he's a great player, but I think he's still a little bit green because he's young. But maybe this is his time to to you know learn his craft and and um, have his opportunity because that's how Trent started, mm-hmm. you know, and look at him now. So um, I'd like to see our, our young kids um, really um, get an opportunity to um, shine. Well, we, we did see a few of them um, sort of shine uh, in the in the win against um, Leicester in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Ben Doak, who, who Jurgen Klopp's been raving about, um, you know, got on the score sheet. There was, um, you know, there were some really good uh, performances there. Yeah. Um, you know, good to see Nunes score again. Um, Bobby Clark. That's his fourth one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come on because I do want to talk about the Saudi league. But, you know, there was a lot of noise about Nunes last season. And we talked about, you know, the kind of, ca- you know, captain of chaos and all of the rest of it. But. Um, there was also, you know, there were a few people with a bit more measured were saying, you know, he was at Benfica for two seasons and the first season, you know, he probably got about 12, 12, 14 goals or something. Second season, he exploded and I think he got 30 odd goals. So I'm hoping, you know, in terms of being, you know, an optimist and thinking, you know, thinking positively that maybe we'll see the, you know, the, second season Benfica effect which would be fantastic and also uh, you know will enable Salah to um, have more freedom in my view um, you know if if people are occupied with Nunes if you know depending because they don't really know what he's going to do I think you know we could potentially have another prolific season and you throw in Gakpo and you throw in 
Diaz, you know, mm-hmm. and McAllister, you know, making those runs in from, from midfield, we could have an incredibly potent offensive line. Um, and don't forget Jota. He's, play, he's scored in yeah. every match and sometimes yeah. twice. You know, he's brilliant no, these I, days. I've done him a disservice. I shouldn't. I should have mentioned Jota as well. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, he Kim, was not I, forgotten. <laughs> not forgotten. He's not forgotten. So, Kim, Good. I'm going to throw you the next curveball here. So, Saudi League um, and the Saudi um, influence, if you like, in this year's transfer window, everything from the sublime to the ridiculous so you know players like potentially Bernardo Silva going there you know um they they've signed you know they've signed at least one of our players possibly two with Henderson and Fabinho to follow um you know they they're, they're sort of a younger profile and also like I said from the sublime to ridiculous made a bit of 270 million pounds or whatever it was for Kylian Mbappe. Um, Where do do you see this this going, you know, in terms of this is potentially going to change the face of football as we as we see it, isn't it? I hope it won't, but it seems to be going that way. I am shocked by everything that's happened with the Saudi League and with so many players actually saying yes. And mm. even, even like the Jarrett's in this world going that way to the country where women rights, um, other communities are not expect, uh, uh, accepted yet. Um, um, I don't think they're they're thinking this through. All these players and managers that are going there, uh, I don't know what's been promised to them. Obviously, except for the money, but I think it's ridiculous, and I think they should think better about where they're going and what they're doing in the world just to make money. Um, yeah, I hope I hope they'll bring back some good things as well. I hope they stand up in, in countries like that for people that really need it. And then I think it can be a good thing. But other than that, I I, I disagree with everything that's got to do with the Saudi League. Yeah, I mean, I the bit that I, I struggle with, well, there's a number of reasons why I struggle with this. But, you know, there's part of me sort of says maybe it's just as simple as money talks, right? And, you know, to take Jordan Henderson, if we believe the reports, he will be earning something like 700 grand a week. Now, the man was not earning bad money at Liverpool. And as far as I can tell, he's probably already made more money than he could ever spend in his lifetime um, already through his various contracts. So I. You know, I don't I get the fact that, you know, somebody putting that amount of money on the table is something that you have to think about. But I guess the the question is, you know, how much money is enough money? Then, you know, and if it's not about the money, what what is it about? Because. You know, there's there's been you know a few articles talking about you know his reputation's potentially tarnished. You know, I think it's maybe unfair for him to be deemed as a as a flag bearer for for everything. But 
by the same token, he's the, he's also the person who put his head above the parapet. You know, if you talk about the, you know, the rainbow laces, you talk about, you know, standing up for LBGT rights. You talk about, you know, the stuff that he took about for the NHS, for, um, you know, her game too. Um, all of these things, as you've mentioned, Kim, you know, these, these are, um, you know, divided and you know oppressed communities within Saudi Arabia so other than the money I'm I'm I am struggling to work out what it is that you know the players believe that they're gonna you know they're gonna get out of this because it isn't you know the league isn't a strong league it's not you know it's not established um they're not gonna get you know, a particularly high quality of opposition. So in terms of their, you know, in terms of their on-field performances, I'm not sure that they're going to be particularly stellar. Um, so I guess I, I, that's that's the bit I'm, I'm struggling with. I think, what do I think? I think that we do not have the governance in this country, at UEFA or at FIFA, to be able to deal with this um, in any coherent fashion. Um, And ultimately, uh, as much as I, and this this is my doomsday scenario, right? So, So all of you feel free to tell me I'm talking absolute bollocks and this won't happen. I could see within the next five to eight years that the Premier League will end up being sponsored by, you know, a, a Saudi, you know, sovereign sovereign wealth sponsor. Because I don't see anybody who has a moral background, backbone, whatever you want to call it, to turn down. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter, at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bagfuls of money. Um, that that they would they would find a way to live live with the moral ambiguity. I don't even think it's that am, ambiguous, but the moral ambiguity of taking money from a regime like that because they would make an argument about it going down the football pyramid or some such nonsense. So, um, Amy Kate, you want to? Give me your view. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think you're wrong. I don't. I don't know if it'll exactly go that way, but that's a good. I was actually worried about like super leagues or things like that, or 
um, I, I was talking to a very good friend of mine who's an Arsenal fan and we, we talk about this stuff all the time. Um, and we kind of in the same thoughts of you, I didn't think about it being sponsored by, I was thinking about the fact that all these players are going over there and there's so much money thrown over there. And these big name players that are going are going to lure others, even if they're not intentionally trying to. Um, I think that it's going to be bigger than we want it to be or expect it to be, unfortunately. Um, and I have a hard time with the whole thing. Um, part of me kind of wants to be like, it's their choice. What, who am I to say anything? But I'm so disappointed. Um, I'm disappointed in Gerard because it's like, I get you want to be um, a manager and it's, a, it's an opportunity. But is that the right opportunity? Um, have you, um, have, have you thought it through? And then exactly what you were saying about, um, you know, Henderson, the fact that he's been so involved in all these different, um, aspects of, of, you know, with the NHS, with, um, women, you know, her game too, or, or, um, there's a couple other things out there they did. Um, he was supporting um, Farrah Williams, um, you know, in the Euros. They were, he was in all these different campaigns. I can't remember the name of it, but it was, it was supporting women's um, rights and equality. And then you've got, you know, rainbow laces and all the things he was doing for, um, you know, the, um, that community. And I've seen people calling him a virtual signaler now that he's doing it for attention, not necessarily that he believed in the message. I don't believe that. I think that's just people angry and trying to push, you know, another agenda, but you know, perspective sometimes becomes reality for people. And I just don't think, like you said, he has enough money. Why are these people going over there um, to these, these communities or these countries that repress so many people? And it's just shocking to me. But I couldn't believe that we had the World Cup in Qatar. You know, it's, no. it's, it's, I was looking this up because I wanted to make sure that I had the right information, you know, especially with women's rights being a woman. It wasn't until about 2018 that they actually let women into the stadiums. Women weren't allowed to even, you know, do anything, you know, football wise or play sports. Um, it wasn't, it was illegal to do that, to play a sport, to, to, to go to a football stadium. And it's just, it's shocking. Um, you know, in, in Qatar, I know that that's the region, not the same thing. They've allow women to drive, but now, and people, but they, but they, it's, it's on paper that, oh yeah, you're allowed to, but they stall them. They do all this stuff. I have a friend whose sister, um, they're, they're from, um, Qatar and they would show up for their appointment. Oh, we don't have an appointment. They would just make excuses. They couldn't get their driver's license. It took them two and a half years, even though it was legal to get it. It took two and a half years for them to get their driver's license because, you know, they play these little games with them and it's, it's shocking, you know, in, in Iran, there was a couple years ago, there was that article about the blue girl that she had gone to stadium to watch her team. She, and she got arrested. She was so afraid what they were going to do to her to torture her. She set herself on fire and died. 
I mean, that's the community that these players are going to. I just, and I just don't understand it. I just, it's upsetting just to, to, to do that. And I mean, I get, and, and, and there's women that are okay with this, you know, in that country because it's always been that way, but being American or Westernized, you know, you know, England and Netherlands, we all have, you know, better rights than, and I'm, we're allowed to vote. We're allowed to do all these things. Yes. Do we have our own discriminatory things? Of course. Um, but like, I couldn't imagine not being able to play a sport if I wanted to, like growing up, not being able to play football. That's my first love. That would be shocking. Not being able to go watch my team play, having to ask permission from a man, a brother, or an uncle, a dad to do anything. I, I don't understand it. And going to a country, I mean, Henderson has children. These, it's like, this is okay for your daughter. He has two so, daughters. Yeah. So it's like, you know, Gerard taking his girls over there. Um, I don't know if they're there, to be honest. Um, but like, I just, how do they not think about this? I, we can't get the answers, obviously, but it's just mind boggling to me. And that the countries are actually still like this in this day and age. But yeah, I, I'm just so disappointed. And I can understand why um, a lot of the communities are upset. And, and um, yeah, um, I wish them well. I can't, I can't, I'm not going to stop being a fan of, of Henderson or, or Fabinho or, or Gerard. I mean, Gerard's my favorite player ever. I mean, he's always been. But can I say I'm disappointed? Absolutely. Okay, so I'm off my soapbox now. I, I, I think you're perfectly entitled to have the, the soapbox. I mean, Randy, just bringing it, you know, slightly slightly different angles. So, you know, we were all really sad to see Sadio Mane go um, to Bayern Munich. Um, but he kind of went with our, you know, with our best wishes. He'd won everything with us, et cetera, et cetera. You know, 12 months on, his you know, dream whatever it was in terms of the Bundesliga has turned into a bit of a nightmare. And he's another player that is now mentioned as somebody who, who potentially might be going to the Saudi League because he's completely out of favour. But Bayern Munich, I mean, we all heard that, you know, he, he and Sane had, you know, some sort of, you know, falling out and he slapped him, which sounds very unlike the Sadio Mane. We certainly... yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for the six years that he he was with us, I mean, what do, what do you make of a player of of his sort of caliber? Potentially, you know, this this is this is what he's contemplating because of what's happened to him at Bayern Munich. Yeah, it's just very sad, I think. Uh, but this whole situation is like, I mean, if you think about it, footballers live in the bubble anyway. They live their own completely weird lives, you know, separated from the rest of society, more or less. Uh, and definitely if they go over there to Saudi. So if, you know, think about I, I was thinking about Hendo as well and bringing his girls and stuff, you know, how is that going to look like? I mean, this is a completely weird world for them. 
on the other side, they'd probably be living completely separated together with just the other players, you know, so that would be like their community. And uh, they would probably just live in luxury anyway. So if you look at Sadio, that is a very different bag because, first of all, I think, I mean, he's still single, I guess. And uh, he's had this uh, terrible experience in Germany and had a lovely time in England. I mean, he could go to any Premier League club, I'm sure, if he wanted to. But he as well, I mean, his whole life is all his money, all everything that he uh, earns from football goes back to his community. So if he goes to Saudi for two years, he can continue building, you know, the hospitals and the schools and, the, you know, whole cities where he comes from and give money back to his community and then do something else, maybe become a mayor or whatever, you know, or priest or I don't know. I mean, he uh-huh. is a guy that is probably looking into an afterlife after football anyway. And he, I can, I can more understand him anyway than the rest of these guys, because that is, uh, you know, he's a Muslim and he, he's, he lives his life for uh, the world back there. But I mm, think it's yeah. just weird. But, but look at the Saudis. I mean, they've done golf, tick off. They've done Formula One now. Next is football. Yep. Because that this is their new oil. Oil is going to have to stop sometime. Yeah. And this is what they do. So they are really looking into, as you said, they're taking over football. So how can Premier League, that used to be the money league <laughs> in the Western world, now are going to have to look at somebody else being the same. And that is a bit sad. But what happened to all these players that wanted to play uh, Champions League and Europa League and, you know, they never talk about that anymore when they go to Saudis because that is far away from that. I don't know. Yeah, that's very, very true. Um, very, Randy. I don't, I don't think playing in the Saudi league will give you, you know, access to potentially be because well, you know, there obviously there are no teams that will be in the Champions League, so no. you've got players who are potentially giving that up to play at the at the highest level in Europe and potentially on the world stage, ostensibly for for money. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not a <laughs> it's quite a depressing thought really. Um, yeah. So whilst whilst we're on, you know, not the best news in the world. Um, <laughs> more bad news. <laughs> yeah, more more bad news. So the um, the Annie Road stand uh, expansion looks like it. Uh, it will not fully open. So we will have reduced capacity, um, certainly for the first couple of months of the season. Um, It looks like potentially it will be around about 51,000 and the upper tier will not open on time um, and it will be sort of phased over over the sort of coming months maybe through to end of October, maybe early November. Um, yeah, not, <laughs> not, not ideal. I mean, do you, are there any opportunities for us in this, Kim? Um, you know, clearly the, the whole, the idea was, you know, we'd, we'd have a brand spanking new stand and we'd be, you know, opening up the new season and having 61,000 capacity. So, not quite what we planned, but are there, you know, is there any silver line in there? Any opportunities that we can see for us? 
<laughs> I haven't found it yet. <laughs> I'm very disappointed with the news. <laughs> they, 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 they actually, um, there were rumors, so we could expect, we could see this coming, but still it's disappointing that um, while there's uh, so many Liverpool supporters out there wanting tickets and signed up with their memberships to actually get in the ballot and then getting an email that it's been delayed, uh, and then getting a further email that, um, well, Bournemouth, sorry, you'll have to have 13 plus, um, otherwise you can't get a ticket. So I think supporters-wise, it is, it's disappointing. It's going to be great when it's finished. It's going to be fabulous to have 61,000 um, in the in the grandstands, but uh, it's a shame we have to wait a bit more, uh, longer for it to happen. I mean, I wondered whether um, the fact that it was um, 51,000, um, that, you know, some of the people, you, this this is me, right, really looking for, for straws, right? But I was thinking, well, they're going to have to move some people around um, in order to, you know, like you say, the, the people who are sort of, you know, really desperate to kind of get tickets and maybe get to Anfield for the first time are probably going to have to wait. But for some of the people who are, you know, sighted in the Annie Road sand, um, you know, potentially going to have to move some of those people around. So maybe there might be an opportunity for a bit more atmosphere maybe to be generated in, you know, maybe the 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 centenary stand or sorry, the Sir Kenny Dalglish stand. <laughs> Um, if, you know, some of the more vocal people from the Annie Road end, you know, have to move seats temporarily. That was about the only thing I could come up with um, because they're not going to be able to reduce the away capacity to the best of my knowledge. Because I was going to you- ask that, actually. If we're only at 51, doesn't that change the and, – and we were at 54-something, so we're actually less than we were before – temporarily so wouldn't it go with the number that we have opposed like what we are to date so if it's at 51 whatever the percentage is should be at 51 not 61 that 10,000 seats shouldn't count right or I don't know so for the cup competitions um I think there are strict rules particularly the FA Cup but that doesn't start for us until January where you're supposed to have I think it's 15 15 percent um, of the the capacity of the stadium, so in theory, if everything else goes to plan, so we'd be up to sixty one thousand by the time we started the FA Cup in January. Um, the Carling Cup, I'm not one hundred percent sure what the um, what the rules are for the Carling Cup. Mm-hmm. But oh, you mean the EFL Cup game? Yes, sorry, sorry, not no, the no, Carling. No, I, oh, I mean the no, no, no. I know what you meant. I was like, did it change yes. back? <laughs> yeah, the EFL Cup. Yeah, um, insert name here, Cup. Yes, insert name here, Cup. Um, for league games, part of that is dictated by um, the police. So, you know, you know, they'll sort of say, you know, on police advice, you know, it's a high-risk fixture, so we've reduced the capacity to X. So I'm not sure it's a... It's oh, always I didn't know that always a standard amount for league games for away supporters and then the champions league 
that is going to be interesting because we automatically lose a proportion of the capacity because we have to have, you know, like a proportion set around for their their perimeter advertising over and above, mm-hmm. you know, what we've got for all of the Champions League sponsors. So in, you know, I know we're in the Europa League, but that starts in September. If we're not up to our full capacity, if we're still at 51,000 in theory, then the capacity for the Europa League games will be reduced as well. Thousand. Mm. So I think that's, that's how it's going to work. You know, I'm sure that, you know, somebody somewhere is probably much brighter than me. That was a lot more than I knew about, to be honest. It's it's always a percentage of the uh, maximum capacity. I just didn't know what the percentage was, and I also did not realize that Champions League took up um, every competition. Yeah, it's five percent. Some of it's ten percent. Some of it's fifteen percent. So yeah, it's not. It's not. uh, You know, you would think it would be make more sense if you had the same for everything but we don't but then again it's safety first isn't it because real madrid last year we had a reduced capacity because of safety because they were rebuilding the stadium we did and that's what i'm saying so they'll they'll look at that as well they will do there will definitely be a safety element um and the yeah i mean that that will definitely come into play um and it will be you know, we, we have to have a safety certificate and all of the rest of it. And the other thing is that they had announced earlier, uh, a few months ago, that they were going to expand more safe standing mm-hmm. in the um, in the COP. So they were going to expand that. So, so the overall capacity should remain the same, but you will have more standing seats in there as well. So that potentially made, you know, may help enhance the atmosphere even though we've got a reduced capacity so yeah it's just it's just unfortunate really um i think we were all excited about the thought of you know turning up to you know whatever game we were going to get to and see this like spanking new stand and you know another you know seven thousand people in it so sadly not quite yet we'll have to we'll have to hold our breath for that one a little bit a little bit longer um i don't need a vpn i've got nothing to hide <laughs> this is what i used to tell myself before i hooked up with libertyshield.com not only is my home internet now fully encrypted but i can now access all the websites i want whenever i want and do so from absolutely anywhere as a liverpool fan I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes and games consoles. 
Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. But the, one of the things that I think was really positive, and I, you know, we, we've talked about some quite depressing stuff on this pod so far. <laughs> yes. um, but one of the really positive things I thought was the the interview that R. Jurgen gave um, in the preseason that I, I'm sure all of us have digested in, you know, whether in short form or longer form. And he genuinely looks really enthused and ready for the new season and wants to wants to put things right. I mean, Randy, I, I presume you, you managed to watch or listen or read the transcript or at least part of the interview that he gave um, to Peter McDowell, I think it was, um, around, you know, what he wants us to be this season. What, what did you take from it? Uh, completely like you just said, uh, he looks uh, really bright and uh, ready and energetic and positive. And uh, even though he, you know, talks about we we did take a knocking last year, and uh, but luckily we ended it well. So now we are going to uh, sort of take two of that <laughs> ending well, starting well, hopefully. And uh, I think he also, I mean, that was before. Hendo and um, Fab was clearly out of the door. But, I mean, even then, since, I mean, all his interviews, he looks really, really positive. And and I really like as well the fact that he is, you know, really straight on the, the facts that we did take a knocking last year. It, it was not what we were supposed to do. And we were lost for a moment, uh, all of us, you know, and, and we could see him as yeah. well. But that's why it's so nice to see him back now and, and energetic and positive and really going for it. And I think he's got something up his sleeves. And he, uh, I believe him when he says, you know, we are going to take risks. But at the same time, after every match, he's really direct when he talks about, you know, even the 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 first team has to do the pressing, you know, all the boys are doing it. Why aren't, you know, the seniors doing it? And he's really, really positive in that way. So I love it. Yeah. We, you know, I, I, I we, we haven't finished our love affair with Jürgen yet. Um, no, 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 no. I don't want to finish it. I want it to go forever. <laughs> Tim, what what about you? What did what did you take from Jurgen's, you know, preseason interview? And obviously, you know, we've heard more from him since then, but I just thought it was a it was a really interesting, you know, stance for him to be, you know, to kind of do that long form discussion. It's particularly after, you know, last season, which was, you know, not what any of us expected. No, I really liked it that he was open and honest about it. So he gave what we all felt <laughs> like and how the season went last year. But he also, like you all already said, was very positive. And uh, when you mentioned he's got something up his sleeve, I think they are going to try and work out different systems, different ways. Um, they are going to do something that other teams don't expect uh, because that's what worked against us, I think, last year. Uh, yeah. But they're so eager and so positive to change things around and to motivate us all as fans as well to stand behind them again. We will do anyways, but 
he's trying to motivate motivate us all to stick with them and stand behind them and get this change going forward and achieve big things again yeah i i think you know i think he i think part of it and i don't know what you think amy i think part of it was his sort of appreciation for the fact that you know they they've given us loads of joy and success over the last few years but actually you know we stuck by them when it was clear you know we were not having a great season last season Mm -hmm. um i think you know part of that was him sort of appreciating the fact of the 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 kind of you know the ongoing support we gave yeah, I mean, we showed that we were still there. I mean, were we disappointed? Of course, there was lots of times. And and I'm sure he was frustrated. The team was frustrated. We just, for whatever reason, just could not be at our best. We constantly were um, making mistakes, and we just weren't at our best last season. And and I love the fact that he, like like Kim said, you know, he was honest. He expressed himself um he addressed us because he realizes and knows how important the fans are to them as much as we are to them, they are to us. And, um, we are part of, um, the club and, you know, um, the 12th man is a real thing for Liverpool fans. So, um, it means a lot to us that he did that, but I think we mean a lot to them as well. And he wanted to show that and, and give us reassurance that, you know, he's still here, still fighting, um, I'd love to see what he has up his sleeve. I, I, he's, you know, a lot of times when, like, if you went back to think about like Rogers or anybody be- before that, um, when things went bad, you had no faith, but with him, it's like, I don't know what's going on, but I know he'll figure it out. It's a different dynamic because we still believe in him and, um, and our team, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's going to be interesting. Cause I think that, um, a lot of teams have gotten stronger, but I think we have too. So um, it's it's going to be interesting, and I'm I'm excited to see um, what we put out. And and I know that summer, you know, preseason is what it is. It's preseason; it doesn't really dictate anything. But you can definitely see that we are definitely more prepared. Um, he wasn't happy with all the all the stuff that happened last year. Um, he didn't want to go away on summer tours. Um, he was very clear about that because he said there was work to be done and they're doing it. So, um, I'm excited to see, um, you know, the season start and, and, and show everybody what, you know, what, what the team looks like and, and that we're back to, to fight for the title. And that's, you know, that's what we all want, obviously. Um, you know, we're we're all very keen to try and get number twenty. Um, yes, yes, definitely. Um, nice, nice round number. Don't want to be stuck on nineteen for another thirty years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I think number number twenty's got a certain certain ring to it. Um, now we are not going to be in the Champions League um, next season, so. Um, we we know that you know for some players that is a particular draw. Um, mm-hmm. Although you know Jurgen has said on more than one occasion, you know if the only reason you want to come to a club is because you want to play in the Champions League, then you know don't come. <laughs> that's 
you know, I don't, I don't want you here, which, you know, which is also a very um, refreshing attitude. Um, uh, what do we, what do we think? I mean, we, you know, it's, it's always dangerous kind of doing predictions and stuff like that before we've even finished doing all of our transfer business. But um, I'm just going to do a quick whistle stop tour around all of you. So, um, Randy, let me start with you. Um, how far do you think we'll go in the Europa League this season? Uh, final in uh, Ireland, isn't it? Dublin. Let's take it there. Dublin, yeah. Let's take it there. I mean, it is a bit dangerous to give sort of predictions <laughs> before we even know who the fuck we're playing, you know. So, I don't know. No. But we, well, we need to aim high. Let's go for it. Okie dokie. Tim? <laughs> yeah, we can, we can only win it. Yeah, so so <laughs> Randy take us the final. You've got us winning it. Yeah. Amy Kate, what's your prediction? Well, you got to be the ultimate, you know, optimist here. You know, we're, we're going to go and go to the final and, and, and win. I mean, <laughs> you got to be optimistic, you know. Well, I think what I I I agree. I think at this point the the season, right? So before the season started, anything is possible. Right. What would what I do also think is, um, the teams that jettison out of the Champions League into the Europa League, nobody's going to want to face Liverpool. That's one of the other things I'm pretty sure of. We we are probably you know, the last team that anybody would want to face um, who who drops out of the Champions League. Because, you know, last season notwithstanding, we know we have a love affair with the European Cup. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody nobody would willingly want to, want to face us, maybe other than Real Madrid, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unfortunately... <laughs> Yes. I, I am relieved that we don't have to play them this year. <laughs> Thus far. Yeah, A exactly. nice little break, yes. Yeah, so that would be yeah, do a nice us little good. break so that we won't have, you know, um, some injured players' arms being ripped out of sockets and not getting called for and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bitter. <laughs> uh, none, of us, none of us are bitter. Um, <laughs> but it will be... It will be it will be an interesting experiment for us as well after the last few years of playing Sunday Thursday football as well. Yeah. Because um, it's a it's a different rhythm. Um, it's humbling. Yeah, yeah, but you know sometimes you know it doesn't necessarily do you any harm no, to make no. you know, take a step up. To re- remember why it is you didn't like doing this and make sure you don't do it again for a very long time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it will be, it will be interesting to see how we cope with Thursday, Sunday football. Um, yeah. That's going to, that's going to be something we haven't done for quite a long time. Um, I'm conscious we're coming to the end of this, this pod and um, there's going to be lots more happening now, be- between now and the start of the season. But, um, as we move into any other business, I, I do want to um, mention a couple of things and make sure that we, you know, that we don't miss them. So first and foremost, 
Um, obviously, the the LFC women's fixture list is out now. So yep. they, start, they start their season in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, they, you know, they've got a nice, easy opening. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Let's play the one of the hardest teams. There's also, um, they just announced that they're going to play, and I don't understand this, this is new to me, but they're playing in a French Cup in August. Uh, Are you aware of that? Yeah, they're playing on Monday the 28th of August and on Thursday the 31st, but there's no opponents yet. So there is a French Cup. They're going to go there, but I don't know who they're playing. And I don't know much about it either. This is new. I just saw it be announced. So um, interesting to see, but I'm also glad that they're going to be getting some games in. But then they go from August to to October 1st. Like That's a big break. I I just wish they would... um, I don't know, expand the league or do something so that they have football well, longer. There might be some other preseason games after that French tournament because they've still got time to announce those, haven't they? Yeah, they do. And it's a different <laughs> schedule than, than us, so there's no reason why that can't happen. But one of the things that I did want to acknowledge, which I thought was kind of, well, not kind of, well, very cool. One of the things that I guess I'm jealous about Arsenal is, you know, obviously they, they put a lot more into their women's than we are. I, I appreciate the fact that we have done so much in the last few years. It's still not enough, but you got to start somewhere. But um, the women, are, their opening game is at the Emirates and mm-hmm. they play many fixtures. I think like six or eight fixtures throughout the season at the Emirates, not just a one-off every other year. Like we've been doing recently. Um, I yeah. mean, at least we're doing it right. Um, but um their academy is all one um they're all they all they're all together not to say i'm really excited to see what's going to happen with melwood and what they're going to do so i'm really happy about that um mm. i'm not as upset anymore about the fact that what about the women because even if it's an afterthought because that's how i feel it is um they're 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 fixing it um they're doing something about it so um and it's at melwood i mean who wouldn't want to be at that historic place so um, that's really cool. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really tough, um, to see. And, and, um, we lost a lot of players, but they've signed, I think five new players. Um, one is a, a local girl. Um, uh, well, not too local actually, but, um, not too <laughs> far away that she's, I think she's in like Bradford or something around there. So that's actually not that local, but, um, you know, she's a young up and coming um, person and I have a couple friends that actually know her personally because they um, grew up watching her play. So I'm excited to see uh, her. Her name's Mia. So I'm, I'm looking to to see this young player and see how she um, does. And uh, yeah, it's it's exciting to see that they're really putting a lot more into the women. Right. Well, and I and I do I do think it's great, and I and it and I, it's brilliant that we're going back to Melwood. Um, I, I do think you know there, there's so much history attached to, to the to the site and everything. So yes, it was you know it was a complete oversight. They didn't do it right the first time round. Should have been included in Kirby, but it wasn't. Um, but I think it is you know that they're doing something. Yes, they can do more, and we should keep the pressure on. But at least they're heading in the right direction. Um, the Absolutely. Other thing, 
the other thing I just wanted to uh, to talk about actually was the Women's World Cup, which I have yeah. I have yeah. been enjoying. Um, Kim, I think well, all of you, um, all of you as contributors, all currently still have a team in the World Cup. Correct. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brandy, your your girls pulled it out of the bag today, may I say. They have not had a good tournament up until today when they spanked um, the Philippines 6-0. Yeah. Um, it was absolutely mad because we've been so crap and it's been so much uh, inside the bullshit going on as well. I mean, Yeah, there's uh, a lot of tension and, and yeah. you know, rumours going around the Norway squad and the manager and people who are in and people who are out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They even, you know, put the Barcelona player that is one of the best in the world, I would say, uh, out of the team last match before that. So, And she was going out and making habits. So it was weird, but it was so good to see today then that they made it and that they actually sort of <laughs> scored a couple of goals. <laughs> Yeah, no, they did. They did. A, they did a, you know, great, great. Um, <laughs> their goal difference is what they needed to do because neither Switzerland or uh, New Zealand could find a goal. And um, oh. you know, so for for Kim and for Amy Kate, you know, you're in the same group. So you're one I and know. two. Oh, <laughs> and it's going to be yeah, it's going to be exciting to see on Tuesday or uh, what's going to happen because we can both go through, but then there's Portugal as well as the yeah. contenders. So we don't know because we drew each other. We drew yeah. against each other, so it's going to be. Um, Neil biting, I think, on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really, it was interesting because it was, it was, and I know Kim, you did, you said you weren't going to watch it live. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it back. I actually, I actually woke up at two a.m. and you I thought, did? well, oh, I might God. as well just watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, you know, I'm, I don't think that this is this World Cup. I part of it is I think that the playing field is definitely being leveled, not completely leveled, but there's not such a big gap in a lot of the big teams. Um, and with that said, um, I don't think that, if, I don't know if it's the pressure or what it is, but I don't think that these teams are playing at their best either right now, um, including the U.S. Um, so there's been some interesting upsets and, um, you know, it's, it's, but it makes it a, for an exciting World Cup. Um, you know, I, I would love to see the U.S. do a three-peat because nobody has. Um, and being American, of course, I want my team to win. But there's so many potentially amazing options out there that there could be, you know, it might not happen. And the scary thing is because of the fact that the Netherlands drew with us, um, we right now have more goal differential. But Portugal beat mm-hmm. um uh oh my vietnam. gosh uh, vietnam thank you yeah. i was trying to remember the name of it i was like i kept <laughs> wanting to say something else I kept, but anyway vietnam so we have to um we can't lose basically it's the bottom line to portugal because we would be knocked out wow we we can do it with a draw and a win of course but depending on how we do is where we are first seed or second seed. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and um, yeah, so it, it, it's not this 
oh yeah, let's just play for it to play because it doesn't matter because it absolutely does. And that's not something that the U S is really used to this early in a, in a world cup, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And there's, you know, enjoying, you Australia, know, there's more teams with more jeopardy on yeah. them in this, in this world cup, this uh, to, to your point, there are so many more teams that are competing. You know, if nothing else, today's result. So Colombia turning yeah. over. <laughs> I mean, with I haven't a, seen any of this, so please share because I haven't had a chance to look up anything. I didn't watch the games yet today, so. Oh, you um, have to I watch that one. Colombia and what? Germany. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Until amazing. until the end, you have to watch it. I okay. can't say anything else. <laughs> no, I will definitely watch that because I know the Spain game. I got up at, at um to watch uh Spain play, and um that was amazing. And then watch Ireland. Um, and of course, I'm really sad that the Irish got you know they they lost both games. They're out now, but they they played a hell of a game, and it was it was um you know great that they made it because there, there's been eight new um, we did expand because you know now we're 32 yeah. but there's eight countries that have never been in the world cup before yeah so i mean that's, you, know, you know the philippines and panama yeah. and um you know uh uh not south korea who am i thinking of um anyway morocco, morocco i think it's new isn't it morocco morocco south africa um yeah. You know that it's 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 brilliant in terms of seeing. In, in fact, it might be is it Portugal's first World Cup? Possibly, I think. Um, anyway, you know I don't know. In my head, I want to think, of course not, but I think it is it, actually. But I think it I really think they is. just missed out the last time. Yeah, I think they, they were in the Euros, but they weren't in the World Cup. No. no, you're right. You're right. That's what they are. One of the eight, and um, you know, there's uh, gosh, there's so many different it, it's just it's really cool to see you know and there's um, um there's a lot of records being um you know new records being made and uh the youngest player um she's uh she's american but she's she's playing for for korea for south korea um and there's a really colombian as well who who's doing run she was the she was like identified as a, a sort of talent when she was 14 She's the one they've been talking about. You know that you you like a narrative around a player. Yeah. She's the one who ended up with like ovarian cancer at fifteen. Yes, yes. And yeah. then had to have you know part of her ovary removed and one thing or another, and mm -hmm. is now playing in the World Cup with Colombia. Yeah. There, there's oh. her. There's there's Casey Fair that's playing. You know she's American, but she's Korea, half Korean, half American. She's playing for Korea. She's the youngest ever world cup player she's 16 and 26 days old when she started and then there's the um the filipinos the, the filipinas i think is what they call themselves but the, the, the philippines it's their first time there's yeah. um a lot of americans on that team as well it, which is really funny because um obviously america is a big country for women's football but not for men's football you know yeah. the players are playing on the american team because they can't make it in their other countries so it's kind of interesting to see that Americans that couldn't make it, the American team are playing in other countries, you know, um, because yeah. of their, their right, you know, for their, their birthright or their, um, you know, family roots. But, um, you know, it's, it's really cool to see, um, how this all, um, is, is fitting. It, and then, 
there's Morocco, and I'm probably saying this wrong. I don't remember her name, but she's making history because she's the first woman to to wear is it a hijab by saying it right the headscarf because I don't know if I'm saying I don't want to be disrespectful because I don't know what how to uh, say that. I believe hijab is the way yeah. is the way they said, but you're you're right. She's the first one, but the but she won't be the last one at this World Cup. I think no. there's a couple of others who are also wearing the traditional um, headgear who will also be uh, potentially playing in games. So let me, let me ask you this before we, um, before we wrap up then. So um, Kim, I'm going to start with you. If it's not the Netherlands who win this world cup, who do you think will, who's your tip if you can't have the Netherlands? Spain should really do it. They have the team, they have the players. They've, they've never somehow made it work yet. But if you look at their squad, then they should really win it this time. Even though half of the, the people who play for Barcelona were left at home. Yeah, but maybe it's because of that. Maybe um, they, they, I think they needed that. Yeah, you might, you might be right. You might be right. Okay, so if it's not the Netherlands, then you'll go for Spain. Amy Kate, if it's not the USA, who would oh. your next pick be? Um, okay, can I have like a kind of a tie? There's three countries that no. I'm really, really no. looking at. Just no! one. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm torn between because the Netherlands is a, a really tough team. Um, so Netherlands is one of them. Um, but um, also England what they've accomplished and the dark well the other one that you want to look at is france right and so, of those, i think which one so are i have you to pick? pick one you know what i'm gonna go with i'll go with england okay france. at least i have a dutch coach <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> that's why you didn't say england too actually yeah that, that, that would have been my pick as well like with spain together but yeah no my gut says go with spain okay, okay. Randy, if it's not going to be norway who's your pick to win the world cup i think it has to be um sweden Okay. Contender. And that is a contender. bit strange because Norway and Sweden always hate each other. But because I think it would be a bit boring if England won it. So that's why I don't say England, but I sort of believe England is better. Yeah. Let's go with Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, that's fine. Well, I mean, you know, their last game, they twatted Italy 5 0. So. <laughs> really? Why that made me laugh, but that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I got a yeah. kick out of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll see that they're, they're, they're on the verge of the of the knockout stages. They play Argentina next, and and Italy play South Africa. So, at the moment, I think it's going to be really interesting to see who goes through second. At the at the moment, you would argue that Italy are probably in the box seat in that group. But if South Africa can get can get a win, you know, and they've come close in a couple of their games. Yeah. Just you, you never, you never can tell. So that is yeah. really interesting. If I had to pick somebody, um, I might actually pick France. I think. Mm. I think that they're. Um, 
I think they've got something. I think they're starting to build a bit of momentum of France, a bit like England, actually. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I've got no idea if I've got them in the right side of the draw, but I could see an England-France final potentially at the end of this if if none of the other teams that we've talked about get there. So, yeah. um, but, I, but I have to say, I, I am really enjoying it as a tournament because yeah. I watch the games first thing in the morning. So, in the UK, as I'm getting ready for work, I will have like the 6.30 game or whatever mm-hmm. it is on. So that's quite a nice way for me to start my day. That's my <laughs> yeah. normal day for the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, <laughs> exactly. And so, uh, you know, and it's, it's a great way to start getting my juices flowing ready for the new Premier season. <laughs> yeah. You know, another team that I want to give kind of give a shout out to that they didn't do as good as I thought but they are World Cup winners as Canada they I kind of thought that they would have again been more um one of the forerunners but um well what I would say to you is um they have got a tricky finish to their because they they are on gold. I mean, they they've got exactly the same thing. They're Nigeria at the top of the group. Yeah. The games in that in that group is Canada play Australia, who are co-hosts. Mm-hmm. Nigeria play Ireland, who you know have obviously got nothing left to play for. So right. you could you could see Canada go out. Actually, I know that's what was surprising. Again, it's another one that I was. Thinking you wouldn't say Canada, you know, 10 years ago, you know, I guess we should probably say 12 years ago, <laughs> if you're looking at it, by the way, every four years. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a name or a country that you would have, you know, put up there as one no. of the top teams. But the last few World Cups, they've really stepped up and become kind of a powerhouse country um, for women's football. And um, and Australia is you know they they play in the she believes cup a lot with uh, with america and brazil um i think japan plays in it as well um so i i was um you know i was expecting them to come out you know blazing but they lost the other day which was surprising um so i mean it's just there's been a lot of you can't predict what's happening here because it's exactly. it's been a very exciting more thing because yeah i mean it's just it's so interesting because it's like, there's no sure winner here. You know, it's, no. it's, it's not like, Oh yeah, for sure that so-and-so is going to win because it just depends on who shows up on that day, really. And, and, and the repping, cause there's been some weird calls and, and in the Spain game, there were two ga- or two goals that we expected VAR to call um, as no goal. And they were, it was actually surprisingly, they gave the goals. So it was the opposite of what we're used to getting it taken away. They they got to keep them. Um, so that was kind of interesting to see too. Uh, but yeah, very exciting World Cup. For sure. Very exciting, very exciting World Cup. And um, I think I think it's it's doing a massive amount for for women's football. Um, yeah, absolutely, and, absolutely. And definitely um, heading in the right direction now. Um, mm-hmm. So, with that, we've given our um, we've given our predictions for who we think will lift the women's World Cup trophy. Um, we've given our 
predictions, very loose though they may be for the Europa League. Um, we've looked at um, you know our first our first few games um, for August, starting off with Chelsea, Bournemouth, and then Newcastle. Um, and I think you know I, I'm I'm going to be really positive and say we'll end we'll end August with nine points out of nine. Why not? Uh, you say yes. Let's point. go. For, you know what? Put it into the universe. I'm going to go with that as well. <laughs> At this point, before the season starts, you know, the world is our oyster. So um, <laughs> it just it just remains for me to do a very quick whistle stop tour. So, um, Kim, do you have any other business, anything you want to shout out about, anything that you want to mention um, before we shut down this pod? No, nothing special. I'm just very glad that you asked me to be on here again, and I really, really enjoyed it. Good, and I'm, we're delighted to have you back. Um, Amy, Kate, any uh, anything last minute you want to uh, shout out or highlight? Um, just want to kind of talk about a little bit about her game too. It's really growing, um, you know, especially in the UK with all the things that are happening and all the awards that they've won and and things like that. The USA, we've um, really been building we've got our first um professional and um uh, professional team uh racing louisville has signed with us we've got some um uh, a big academy um which is um flat irons rush where uh lindsey horn and um Pulisic came from have signed with us as partners and we're working on that um it's grown there's now a her game to france there's a her game to Wales, there's, um, you know, her game too, they've gone into cricket and um, also rugby. So it's really, really growing. And it's just really cool to, to see that it's so supported around, you know, um, a lot of, you know, different places and it's, it's growing. So, um, yeah, I'm just excited to be a part of that and, and help that grow and, um, Anybody that's listening in the U.S., if they're looking to, um, you know, be an ambassador. I mean, if you're in the U.K. and you want to do it as well or France, that you reach out to those channels, Her Game 2. Um, USA is ours. And, um, you know, let's talk. Brilliant. Thanks, Amy, Kate. Randy, any, any shout outs from you? Any last things you want to bring to our attention? Uh, not really. Just uh, looking out for more action with the LFC in the summer. Uh, let's just buy a couple of more guys. That will be my <laughs> little hint, you know. <laughs> yeah, we need uh, and, a few more. Yeah, and I was just reading uh, earlier that Ten Hag that has just been in at United for a, over a year, a bit over yes. a year. He's apparently now has a higher net spend than Jurgen Klopp in his seven-plus years in Liverpool. I just saw that I mean, the glazer's out, of course. I mean, you have to complain about something, but, I mean, it is ridiculous, isn't it? At the same time, I think we got a better team, so... (laughs) We we do. Up the Reds. Yes! And I suppose the the only thing that I... You just sparked off something because you mentioned Ten Hag was... um, It made me laugh... Um, the, the West West Ham put in a bid of twenty million for Harry yes. Maguire, and I, I, and I saw something on on social media where where they're saying you know um, 
<laughs> Man United refuse, you know, refuse to accept that they'd have to pay twenty million to West Ham to get rid of him. <laughs> um, so it made me giggle. Um, but yeah, it's um, you know, ultimately some of those chickens are going to come home to roost. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. Is anybody going to the first um, three matches? Will they be at, be at the matches? Probably gay. Uh, Are you going to be there? I, I won't be at the Chelsea game. Um, I didn't. I didn't. To be fair, I didn't try and get a ticket. Um, I will be at the Bournemouth game. Um, so I'll be at the first home game of the season. Um, I won't be at the Newcastle game. I'm. I'm away that weekend. But I will be at Anfield on the 19th of August, and I'm very excited at the thought. Well, Good. fantastic. My first game is going to be the Aston Villa home game. So. Won't, ha- won't have to wait too long. No, that's <laughs> long. Awesome. Randy, yeah. what about you? Oh, I'm afraid I don't know yet if I'm going to. So if anything is going to happen with me in Liverpool, it's probably going to happen in uh, spring. So okay. let's see. Yeah. Same with me. Yeah. Kim, I'll see you in May. <laughs> we definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely, we'll definitely co- connect throughout the season, but yeah. it just remains to say thank you all so much for coming on for this uh, latest podcast. This we we are looking forward to the start of the twenty three twenty four Premier League season and all the things that it will bring to us. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it, and we will talk to you again very soon. Thanks. Bye bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.